Hi, this is Sarah Anthony from The Letter Black, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Mark Anthony from The Letter Black, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 325 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 325, we welcome back to the show after many, many years, Mark Anthony, the Letter Black. A Letter Black, uh, for those not familiar, a band out of western Pennsylvania who have done uh, a couple of albums on uh, Tooth and Nail Records, have uh, done tours all over the world. Uh, have just launched a Kickstarter campaign to do their latest album, which is going to be an independent release. So we wanted to talk to Mark about what's been going on with the band. It's been a couple years since the last album. We'll find out more about all the cool stuff they've got going on in the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get into the interview with Mark after just a little bit of uh, some classic Letter Black. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome back to the show Uniontown's Mark Anthony of The Letter Black. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you guys on. Always uh, love to support the local bands when we can, and uh, I've been a big fan of your band for, for a couple albums now, so it's great to have you on. Again, um, you guys are in the midst of a, a campaign, a Kickstarter campaign, uh, to uh, raise some funds to record a new record. Uh, which I believe is already in process, correct? Yeah, it okay. is. Okay. So it's been now three years, give or take, since the last album came out. Can you talk about you know what you guys, I mean, obviously you've been on the road a ton, but what you guys have been up to leading up to where you're at right now? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of had some, uh, a little bit of a hard time with uh, the last record. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know how familiar you are, but the record was supposed to come out earlier in the year, and then it got pushed back. And uh, wanted to put some more songs on it, and then it ended up getting released until like November of 2013. So um, we just had a lot of differences and disagreements with the label. So finally, um, after a, <laughs> a long time of uh, back and forth, we finally got released from Tooth and Nail. I want to say either May or June of this year. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, of 2016. Okay. So, um, which was really great for us because it really kind of gave us back the freedom of doing what we really wanted to do. Um, for years, we wanted to go heavier, darker, 
Uh, the label, of course, didn't really want that. They wanted us to stick more to a modern sound, modern look. And we just had a lot of creative differences. No. So um, that being said, with all that time off, um, you know, we went in a, in a different direction. I don't know if you got to hear any of the uh, the demos that we've kind of put out right now. Yes, extremely uh, heavy. Massively, yeah, yeah, extremely heavy. <laughs> so I, I kind of went back to my roots on what I loved and what I grew up with. And um, everybody in the band was loving when I was sending them stuff. And uh, so I just said, okay, well, let's just run with it. We have nobody. And that's what's been so great about this record is we didn't have management or the label or anybody dictating to us this is what we need to do mm. we need to do this we need to do that and most signed bands they hear this from every label and every manager it's a very common mm. theme they always hear okay i like the songs but i need a hit where's yeah. the hit where's the hit and uh the last two records the first record i wrote 80 songs the last record i wrote 60 songs that gets really old you start to lose touch on who you are as an artist right when you start writing that many songs you get pulled so many different ways. Um, this record right now, I've only written 16. And it's because I've been focused on right. what I want. What What's the band's goal? Who do we want to reach with this music? You know, what's the culture we want to reach? And it just went way more metal on this record. That's what I grew up. I grew up in Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, you know, the big four. Mm -hmm. And then Pantera... Uh, Rob Zombie or White Zombie when it was back in the day, Marilyn Manson, uh, Nine Inch Nails, love Nine Inch Nails. Um, so I kind of just went back to that stuff I love. You know? It's interesting so. you you mentioned Nine Inch Nails because it's a band that you you know you hear a lot of the the influences you just mentioned. We're all in you know almost any artist in the metal genre will spit out those, but you don't hear Trent Reznor's name come up so much. But some of those albums were so aggressive. Um, oh, know, man. I don't think they get labeled. They get labeled as alt rock, maybe more so because they came out in the 90s. But, you know, there's a lot of metal to that sound. You know. I know, and I keep trying to convince Sarah. I, I don't know if we're going to do it or not on this record, but I absolutely want to do it. I want to do a cover of Head Like the Hole. I love that song so much. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was the first song I ever heard by Nine Inch Nails. Sure. And uh, drew me to them. That whole first record is just absolutely yeah. incredible. I love yeah. all the records, like you just said. I mean, uh, Downward Spiral was so revolutionary when it came out. There was nothing like it. And that's, like you said, it's, it's a shame Trent doesn't get probably as much respect as he should. I mean, he really pioneered the whole industrial metal scene. Yeah. It was all kind of through him. And then you have bands like Ministry, who was really great, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, who's, they're still around doing stuff. And then Mushroom Head, mm -hmm. who kind of came in with all that, too. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I love Nine Inch Nails. I can't help. It. I've always been a fan. Now, um, do you guys? I mean, for better or worse, you know, and when you guys came out, you were you fell into the the Christian metal moniker. Um, is that something yeah. commercially that you think helped or hindered? And, and do you see yourself continuing to kind of fly that flag, or is it just you know we're Christians making music at this point? Okay, well that's, that's honestly a great great thing to bring up. So I think we really thought, fell underneath that umbrella being two, I'm going to get forced, of course, two things. First off, 
Tooth and Nail is a Christian label. Sure. So everybody associates any band that's on that label as a Christian band. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not, they could be screaming the F word all night long. Doesn't matter. They just associate them as a Christian band. And then second off, like you just said, uh, everybody in the band is a Christian. Now, that being said, what you just said made a lot of sense. I, I really just want to be known as a good band. Right. You know, a good rock band, a good metal band, whatever genre you want to label it as. Everybody has all these names: hardcore, metalcore, yeah. new metal. To yeah. me, it's either rock, metal. It's all the same. It's right. all hard rock. It's all it's all the same umbrella. You know, so um, I just want to be known as a good band. Of course, not. To me, it's so weird when someone says, "Oh, it's a Christian band." <clears throat> I don't even understand how a band can be a Christian band. Right. <laughs> the hell is the band religious? There might be, you know, you don't call um, System of a Down a Buddhist band. It's just weird. Yeah. So the rock band. So that they just they just believe in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, just like us. I mean, it's a rock band. And all of us are Christians in the band. Of course, there's going to be some underlining tones right. that resemble things, but not enough to it would offend anybody if you're an atheist or an agnostic or a Muslim or whatever it might be. Music should be transcendent. Right. Yeah, I and agree. I, I truly believe that our, our music really is, because I just believe where we try to draw from is maybe things we didn't like about ourselves, mm-hmm. our struggles we've been through, and how to get out of it, or anything like that. I don't think anything we say really says, well, you know, it's this or it's that. I think I like being in that in that vein of, you know, yes, we are all Christians, mm-hmm. and, and we don't compromise our faith, but I would never shove anything down anybody's throat. Yeah, I always I had always wondered, you know, with a band, you know, as you're writing, to try to write that many songs you know you listen you know people i think those in the metal world you know you hear the word christian in front of a band and immediately you assume you're going to be on the praise radio station you know right up against <laughs> michael w smith and, and it's really a turnoff and, it, and frankly if it hadn't been for striper you know i don't think many people would have given that whole any of those bands a chance but i often wondered if it yeah. doesn't kind of paint you into a corner where you've got to write such limited you know, lyric content. Um, I mean, it can go any direction you want musically. You know, you listen to some Striper stuff or uh, you know, yeah. a lot of the great bands out there that did Christian music. But lyrically, sometimes you get almost to the point where you're trying to shoehorn lyrics to fit the theme you want into music that it doesn't necessarily sound right against. So, you know, yeah. it's good to No, you're of, absolutely right. Yeah, to take this. No, and, 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 and me and. Yeah, and me and Sarah were just talking about this today about, um, you know, just the the Christian industry as a whole Mm -hmm. has always kind of shunned us. We have always been the black sheep um, because we don't fit in their mold. Right. Um, Some Christian bands do a really good job at it. You know what I mean? Um, I commend, like, Skillet. I, I love Skillet. I love John and Corey. They are great people. They do a very good job of balancing between the Christian world and the mainstream world. Mm-hmm. They really do. Uh, Red does the same thing. I think Red does a good job at it. Um, you know, it just is what it is. I think good music is good music. Yeah. So uh, my whole thing is, I since we've never really fit in that mold, um, I am not writing for that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, now, Mark, do you... So handle- I'm not doing that to be... Sorry, go ahead. 
Do you handle the lyric lyrical content of the music, or, or um, do you just do the guitar parts? No, you know what? We um, it's so funny. I play every instrument. Okay. So um, the first record, um, it was pretty much just uh, just me and Sarah. I would write. Um, of course, I write all the guitar parts, all, all the songs, the, the music mm -hmm. part. And then we would sit down and we would hash out the lyrics together and then the, the melodies together. Sometimes I would have it all done myself and I would hand it to her and see if she liked it. Uh, this record, uh, the second record, we did a lot different. We, we, um, I wrote a lot of it and then she helped me as well. But then we went to a lot of outside writers to come in and kind of help with lyrics and melody. Mm -hmm. um, that was a label thing. Not our thing, that was a label thing. Um, this record, I went completely opposite. I kind of buried myself in my studio and did everything myself and have okay. just been writing by myself. Now, she still, every once in a while, writes some lyrics, um, but I have written, I would say, 90% of the lyrics and the melodies okay. on this record. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I always say uh, to Sarah, or the drummer Justin or Matt, bass player, you know, the best idea wins. I don't care if it's my idea, Sarah's idea, sure, or either your guys' ideas. I just want the best. So mm -hmm. whatever that best idea is, that's what's going to win. And, uh, you know, we all live in different areas except for me and Sarah. Of course, we're married. So it's a lot easier for us to constantly be throwing ideas off of each other. Um, but that being said, I uh, anytime I do something, I send it to the drummer. Now, he's going to play the drums right now. I just program them. Okay. To kind of let him see what I'm thinking. Right. This is what I think the drum should right. be. Ultimately, he's the drummer. He has the last say. I just give him an idea mm -hmm. of what I think should be there. So, yeah, all the, the pre-production demos you're hearing are just me, you know, faking the drums. Right. Um, now, do but, yeah, you, I think it's really cool. Do you, um, you recording this locally, like in the Western PA area, or do you go elsewhere to record? You know, it's so funny. In the past, the first record we did in uh, Seattle, the second record we did right outside of Nashville, and uh, this record we're doing things a little different. We're going to do it in my studio. Okay. Um, I've done a couple bands in there already, and uh, I, I just always feel, I don't know why, but every record I do the demos in my studio, and then we're chasing the demo. Like right. whenever to make it as good as the demo. I don't right. know why. Um, so this time around, I just said, let me do it myself. You know, let me do the record myself. So we're going to do everything except for drums. And we're going to do the drums in Chicago at Johnny K's studio. And Johnny okay. K, we did, he produced three songs on our last record. Okay. And uh, I have a good relationship with, with him. We're just going to do the drums one day, go in there and do all the drums. Um, but everything else will be done in my studio. All the vocals, guitars, bass, production will all be done there. Okay. We'll do drums there, and then we'll send it out to get mixed. Someone else will mix it. I was going to ask you, is there a point which you kind of have to step back and, and I guess in the mastering and the mixing, um, take a step back and let other ears hear it so you don't become so ingrained in it? You can't, you know. Oh, yeah. Tunnel vision sometimes <laughs> yeah. can set in at that point. Yeah. No, I even do that now. You know, I have um, uh, one of my best friends and my manager. I really uh, value their opinion. Uh, they're pretty brutally honest with me if something is good or something is not good. Mm -hmm. So typically, like I said, instead of writing 60 songs this time, I usually have an idea. I don't count that as a song until I actually keep going. Right. And then if they like the idea, you know, between Sarah, him, and my best friend, 
Um, if they all three don't like it, I kind of pitch it. So um, that's what I've been doing right now. And then, of course, like you said, I would never mix it. Uh, first off, I'm not a mix guy. Right. Uh, that takes a special ear and someone who really knows what they're doing to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. The guy we used on the three songs with Johnny K, um, he has Stone Sour in the studio in a couple weeks. He's trying to make it work to where we can do it as soon as they leave okay. for him to mix it. So, uh, nice. I hope he can. So. Yeah, that would be uh, great. Now, Mark, how do you guys handle Now, I obviously, my own end of it, I know from the promotional end that, that the record company used to, to handle a lot of that. And I know you guys are using Facebook and Instagram and things like that. But I mean, how do you approach kind of the business end of it without a label? How much has changed there? It's changed a lot. You know, we, we are just in the talks right now with a label that is going to handle distribution. Okay. So uh, what they will do is whoever contributed to the Kickstarter, they get a special edition CD. And then uh, with two songs that no one else will get. Uh, okay. And then the rest of the world will get the other other songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. we'll still have the ten same ones. Just Kickstarter gets two special ones. Okay. So um, what we're going to do is they are going to release the record for us digitally and then physically because um, I wanted to have a CD presence in stores. Sure. I know that that's not a big thing anymore, but um, I'm still one of those guys that if I really like a record, I still go and buy a CD. Yeah. I'm still Guilty. old school. Yeah, I like to go. I like to open it up. I like to see the artwork. I like to see who contributed on the record. Uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, yeah. that was my era growing up. You know, yeah. I remember going and buying Metallica's Blackout when it came out in a huge long sleep. Um, so I like that stuff. I still do. So, um, so I still want to have that presence. And uh, they've been great with us with the whole Kickstarter thing. And uh, not caring because it's not a record deal; it's just a right. distribution deal. Distribution. So it's completely different. And uh, you know, I don't want fans to be upset about that. But some fans don't understand how record labels work, how record deal works, how distribution deal works. You know, on a distribution deal, we don't make any money. It's not like they're saying, "Hey, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Welcome yeah. to the label." Right. You know, we have to spend X amount of money in marketing for them to distribute the record, along with them spending some money. So we're both gambling. Right. Both a gamble. And then they just help it get out there. And then we both just split the proceeds from day one, which is a good deal. Because unlike what typical record labels are, is you get a lot of money up front, and then you get nothing in the back end. Yeah, they just keep so, taking it back off your back for the next five years. That's right. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this time it's a little nicer. I'd rather bet on myself. Yeah. But I, tell you, I believe in myself. I'd rather bet on myself. And, uh, you know, I was up, I was just, I didn't want the uh, the company that we're um, going into business with, I didn't want them to be upset with the Kickstarter thing, and they were very supportive. They loved the idea that we were doing two separate records. So, you know, people still might want to buy the other record that has other songs on it that aren't on the Kickstarter. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of a cool way to do it. We're doing one where you can't ever get it again, and this one you could just go buy those three songs that aren't on the Kickstarter. Right. So... It's interesting you mentioned the long box. There's something that should make a comeback. You know, I just read this morning oh, the vi- vi- vinyl sales yeah. for rock were up like 53 percent in 2016. Yeah. 
Give me that long box back. I don't know why. Kids can cut them out and stick them on their locker or whatever. <laughs> yeah, those long boxes were nice. It was nice when they had it. I've often felt that the decline of the CD industry had nothing to do with the quality of the music, but everything to do with that damn sticker they put on the edge. It made it so hard to get an album open. <laughs> I bought yeah. a uh, bought a CD just over the Christmas holiday and went out to the parking lot, opened it up, tore the plastic off, but now it's got sticky residue all over the edge of it. That's right. You know, <laughs> let let me in the uh, A&R department. Um, as far as booking, um. Obviously, any band of of your era make make the mortgage payments on the road. Um, do you guys yeah. have the any tour dates lined up? You know, obviously with Europe and the summer seasons, you know, just around the corner. Quite honestly, um, do you have plans yeah, out there for you? You know, this um, this whole just all of 2016 was really focusing. Uh, you know, we quit touring, and it was mainly to focus on getting off of the label and really kind of refocusing, rebranding the band in a sense. Uh, so that being said, uh, right now our agent is uh, trying to do, just because we're kind of late to the game, because the record's not coming out. Right now it's set for May 26th, okay. but that doesn't mean that that's, that's what we're shooting for. Um, as long as we hit all of our deadlines, we will meet that date. If not, it will get pushed back a couple weeks hoping we can make it by then. If not, it's not going to bother me if it's an early June release. Right. So, um, um, that being said, we were trying to get on some summer festivals. It's a little hard having a record that now is kind of declared four years old and right. trying to get on some festivals. So, sure. this, I think this summer will be a little lean. I think the fall is where we'll see a okay. nice boost. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping we can go to Europe or even Japan soon. Uh, we have a nice little demand in Japan, so I hope to go over there. I would like to do a little bit more in Europe than we've done in the past. I would like to hit Great Britain a little bit more. Right. Um, we always hit Germany, like the Netherlands, Holland, all those places, but I would like to go just to a couple other places we haven't been yet. So, uh, But yeah, oh. I don't, U.S.-wise... I think U.S. this year is going to be a little thin, but I think come 2018 we should be pretty strong by then. So, um, just to kind of to, to get back to the Kickstarter, um, you guys have got about two weeks as we're talking left on that. Uh, a little less by the time our audience hears this, but um, you've got obviously the ob- the opportunity to buy the digital, you know, which is going to be very close to the price you'd pay on the street for the album when it's done. Um, you've got vinyl yeah. copies, which is fantastic. Uh, those are doing real well. You've also got some kind of premium things. I, I see you, you sold a guitar. Uh, you've got an option to do a yeah. live show. <laughs> kick around what some of those ones are. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite one is that big bundle that we have. Um, you kind of get everything below. So I like that one. I don't know if we're going to be doing anything else. No one has really suggested anything else. Someone has suggested something about artwork, but that's kind of hard too. Yeah, um, that's a, that gets into some tricky stuff there. Yeah, cause if yeah you need because to... we have a certain. Yeah, and not that anybody's artwork wouldn't be good. It's just I have a certain. I already have everything planned out on kind of how I want everything to feel and look, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want to hurt somebody's feelings uh, saying I don't like something they do. 
sure. a little different when I'm paying someone. Absolutely. And telling them I don't like it. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I wouldn't want to hurt a fan's feelings saying, you know what I mean, like, this is not really what I like. It's not where I want to go. And have them keep doing it, keep doing it. When they pay to do something, you mm-hmm. know, it's a little different. So um, I would love to do something like that, but once again, I just wouldn't want to offend somebody to right. that point. So. Right, and I see if, if people are, are really clamoring for a live date, um, you've got the option right there to buy, you know, within a 500-mile radius of Pittsburgh, which is going to encompass a large part of our audience. You come and play a little yeah. gig for them. Um, that's fantastic. Or if yep. they want to go to dinner, uh, you've even got the option to play on the new record. Um, so you've got a lot of cool different things people can do. And, uh, you yeah. know, it's neat to see. You know, it used to be, I think when the Kickstarter and these things started to first come out, it, it kind of looked desperate on some bands' parts. But then you started seeing a, a, a real turn in it that it was really a benefit for the fans because you're giving them, you know, if someone's a casual fan of the band, want to see that you make a new record they drop 15 bucks or whatever it is and they get the album which is like i said what they're going to pay for yep. you know on itunes anyway um but this kind of gets the shackles so to speak off of you guys to make the kind of music you want and deliver to the fans so it's, it's plus you've got a lot of really cool other things that you can't get elsewhere you know so no you know this is honestly kickstarter is such a great thing like you just said it finally puts control in our hands that was mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me yeah. is now, because I can't even tell you how many fans that I get inboxed every day either through um, Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook that tell me I love the heavy songs. Yeah. I love the songs that are more metal on your records. Um, you know, uh, um, I wish you guys did more of that. It's like, oh, so do I. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But every time I write something, it gets turned down. Yeah. So now I got to do what the fans... First off, I already love it. It's a plus, but the fans really like it, too. And, you know, that's what I was telling Sarah. You know, there's always give and take with everything. Of course, we're going to lose some people. Mm. You know what I mean? Because some people don't like it real heavy. Some people don't like some of the screaming. And that's okay. I'm not upset. You know, art is very objective. Absolutely. There is It's perfection in the imperfection. None of it, no one can say anything is correct or incorrect. It's all whatever you see in your eyes or hear with your ears. And that's why I love art. Because I don't have to like it, but you could love it. So, that's just like the band. It doesn't offend me if you don't like me. Or like the band. Sure. Um, there's, it doesn't bother me when you voice your opinion. I think it's great. Um, but don't be upset when I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see the new fans that come alongside because it's so different. Um, I just hope more people will hear it. Um, I know Octane will help us out, so I'm really kind of hoping with some of this new push, we can just draw a lot different, yeah. a lot different of a crowd. So. Yeah. Plus, I, mean, I think there's something to be said for, you know, when an artist is trying to make music to please the record company or to you know to please anybody, and it, it's sacrificing their passion sometimes you can feel that you know you can feel that artificial nature of, of that in a song so you know sometimes even if it's maybe yeah. not the kind of music people expect to hear from an artist if it's what they're passionate about sometimes you can hear that yeah. you know? I think you can honestly hear that in the music and um, so you know I applaud the, you know getting the direction you want to go uh, the way you guys uh, want to see the band grow and taking it from there you know it's a risk obviously but um, you know I think at the end of the day probably sleep better at night 
um, yeah. in this. Well, Mark, I, I want to thank you again. I will uh, include links for all the fans uh, to get to the Kickstarter campaign, and I wish you guys all the best, man. Hey, thank you so much. again a big thanks to mark anthony the letter black uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash the letter black it's probably the easiest way to find the link to the kickstarter campaign also if you head over to ironcityrocks.com go to episode 325 in the show notes we'll have a link to the band's facebook page their web page and also the kickstarter campaign uh, there's about two weeks left on that campaign um, so if you want to get involved you've got to do so relatively quick and they've got everything from a digital download of the album, uh, being involved with uh, the song selection process, uh, some of Mark's instruments are up there, drum heads, signed copies of the album, dinner with the band, um, even the top uh, promotion is having the band come and do a show within 500 miles of Pittsburgh. So if you uh, happen to be the person who buys that, if you wouldn't mind shooting us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com, we'd love to catch that show with you. Um, you can find out about us at ironcityrocks.com. We are at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram are all forward slash Iron City Rocks. So we invite you to check that out. Love to hear from you. Again, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Or you can go to Iron City Rocks homepage. Uh, use the contact link. Let us know what you thought about the show. The artists you'd be in, uh, interested in hearing in future episodes. Things you liked about it. Things you hated about the show. We'll take any and all criticism up praise or whatever you'd like to dish at us until next time we want to thank you though for taking the time to listen to the show